That's right, recording you. I'm talking shit about you while you're out of the room. Look at your shitty notes. Look at them all over there. Chicken scratch and shitty. And shitty. Fucking amateur hour up in this bitch. What up, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners. I am Nate, and I have a co-host, but I'm not introducing him yet. We are a full spoiler reread podcast of Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin's first book in the Song of Ice and Fire series. I'm going all sorts of which ways this time. I'm flip-flopping these fucking words. It's wild. Are you ready to speak? You look pretty offended. This is Zach, by the way. You're the rudest individual I've ever met in my life. I'm Zach, and I'm the better of the two hosts, the one whose opinion matters. Whoa. Fuck you. (laughs) I always give you decent introductions. That's not true. I call you Viserys a lot. You're an asshole quite often. I wonder why you act like Viserys. Whoa. There he goes again with it. Well. Anyway, so last week we read, who did we read last week? Shit. Ned, Ned Six. Six. Oh, yeah, we just were listening to it a little bit. So Ned Six, where he did some stuff and things. Really? Yeah, you know, you're going to make me look at my notes here. You can't can't jump in at all. Ned was... Oh, right, he went and met Gendry. Yeah. All right, all right. Pycelle. Hey, I do a lot. I'm a busy man. Okay. Remembering all this stuff. Yeah, Ned went to ended up. I mean, uh, quite a quite a few things happened, but he he ended up mainly going to the Street of Steel and meeting with Robert Baratheon's bastard Gendry, and sort of thinking he was beginning to put together the plot that is actually happening, which he's really nowhere near close to. He just found a bastard son, and he was basically just trying to follow John Aaron's trail and figure out what the fuck happened to John Aaron. And it wasn't going too well for him, but he thought he had a glimmer of hope there in meeting Gendry. Right. So this week we are, it looks like we're combining two chapters. Yeah. Because the first one is fairly short and straight to the point. Yeah, it's Catelyn got a little, Five. There's a bit of history we'll go over, but it's fairly quick and, and simple. A relatively short um, chapter. The second one we're not too sure about because Zach's notes are, you know... Fairly light, and not in a bad way, but... Half of yours? Yeah, but I have crazy amounts, and so we don't know if, if we're going to fly through the chapter. So or... yeah, we've got Catelyn 5 and Sansa 2 on our plate today. We're not sure how long Sansa 2 is going to run, so this episode might pretend to be on a little bit of a longer side, but... We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, but diving right in, Catelyn and Sir Roderick are riding along the King's Road during a rainstorm, and... Sir Roderick suggests that she covers her head lest she catch a chill. Yeah, but she's enjoying the rain. No, Catelyn says that the southern rain is soft and warm, and she really enjoys it. Tells him it's only water, and she she knows that her hair is just heavy and wet with it, but she she enjoys it. She doesn't care. She imagines how ragged she must look, but she really just doesn't yeah. care. And so she kind of reminisces a bit there about you know her childhood and growing up in River Run and playing with her brother and sister and Peter and doing that kind of stuff. Um, But Roderick still, he's not pleased. He's like, well, I don't want to be wet, so we need to stop soon. And he's saying that they're definitely going to be needing some fire and food soon. Yeah. So Kat mentions that up ahead, not too far, is an inn that she used to stay at as a little girl. And... uh, so it's the inn at the crossroads. Yes. Which crossroads it's a, like is a big fucking theme of this. Crossroads making decisions, choosing which life path to take. Not to mention in the books that a lot of shit happens here in this specific spot. Yeah, the inn is a very big set piece and for so a lot of future chapters. We've already as well. seen it in some past chapters because this is the inn from Sansa chapter one mm-hmm. that she she sees as she's heading to the the carriage I think or wherever. Cersei was, or because that's where she was planning on having tea or some shit that yeah. day, and she sees this inn that everyone else was staying at, and was just in awe at its size compared to stuff in Winterfell. Same inn, and it's again, it'll come up quite often. Yeah, and in, Catelyn in thinks that she had be- actually been to this inn a lot in her youth as well. That her father, Lord Hoster Tully, 
was a restless man and he was always riding somewhere and she, usually she went with him. She remembers the fat old, in, uh, not old when she was young, but the fat innkeep, Marsha Heddle, who chewed sour leaf and always had sweets and cakes for the children. And Catelyn had always liked the, uh, the snacks, but dreaded the smiles because the sour leaf had stained um, Marsha's teeth a dark red and made her smile a bloody horror, which is just an I like the imagery of that, so yeah. I wrote that down. And so she's going to have a lot to do in the future as well, because, again, like this is where Tywin's going to be staying when when Tyrion come down, comes down the mountain. This is where Arya and Helm visit coming at around some the point. Mountain when he comes. And so, yeah, the Crossroads Inn is uh, a busy spot in Westeros. But Sir Roderick thinks that an inn would be nice, but they should actually seek out a small holdfast instead if they wish to remain unknown and undetected. But Catelyn isn't that concerned about it. But up ahead, they start to hear the sound of riders and horses. And they come upon a column of armed... That was just me making the horse sounds with my mouth. There weren't really horses here. I'm sure you fooled absolutely no one. Hey, just in case, I wanted nobody to, to think that we were being cruel to animals. They anything. come upon... Being cruel to animals. I fucking hate you. <laughs> they come upon a column of armed men and... They're, uh, they're dressed in indico surcoats and cat, and points them out for Malisters. Sir Roderick, or... Is it Malisters? Mal- like Alistair? Malis- with no T? Is it? I, I have I a T know. in I mind. wrote it down without a T. So, you're who's wrong? Fool Which of, of us is wrong? You're a fool of a took. Let me look. Let me look. Spell check. That's right. Da-da-da-da. Oh, boy. You're terrible at this. Get off my back, dog. I think uh I think I'm too far, too far. There we go, and I lied. There, let's uh let's Malice this never happens. Malisters. Sir Roderick actually names him not Cat, but it says Sir Roderick names him as if Cat didn't already knew she she had picked this out quite right soon on quickly. But uh she doesn't move and she's just studying the Lord Lord Jason Malister and she's doing this quite boldly and openly, but. Uh, he himself rides without even glancing her way. Yeah, uh, he he's surrounded by his knights and his squires and his son Patrick. And she Cat has knows. a little tale about you know her wedding day and he was there when she was married and hanging yeah. out with like uh, I, I want to say it was either her brother or Ben Stark. Um, I can't remember which, but he he just passes and Roderick comments like, "What? Why didn't?" Why didn't he recognize? Well, she. Him? I mean, before that, she thinks to herself that they're they're the Malisters are heading for King's Landing. They've right. already passed a ton of travelers that are heading south, so that's where Lord Jason's going for the Hands Tournament. So I think it's interesting that in Ned's chapter we're getting the we're getting Jano Slint appealing to Ned for more men for the influx of people. And so we see Ned having to deal with it in the city, and now we see Catelyn not really having no, to deal with it. No, it's funny, though, that but... you, you mentioned that, because I was going to bring it all up in, in Sansa's chapter as well, where yeah. we see all these people. It's kind of cool how Martin is staggering this length of time yeah. passing, where, you know, Ned's ch- last chapter, we saw him uh, seeing, like, Beric Dondarrion arrive at the gates. Mm. And then we jump into Catelyn's chapter here, and we are seeing Jason Malister heading south for the her- tournament. Yeah. And then the next chapter... Jason Malister is in uh, the Jowls, and it's it's almost funny because like people right now with the show are all you know, and even last season, the last season seven there of the show, everyone was bitching about how quickly things jump and how the time skips, and people all of a sudden are here. Martin that, did it, yeah, that's way a little earlier, more true to form. But than... he, uh, I guess you know, he just shows the the level of his writing that he can make it. Well, he has a lot of things creeping in the background, too, where the passage of time happens a lot of in the description of things, where it's just someone passing by is, oh, someone we recognize from last chapter. They made it to this point by this chapter. Right, exactly. um, But, yeah, she she thinks that, you know, the last time she saw her was when she was getting married, but she says that Lord Jason showed some years, but he rode like a man who feared nothing, and she envies him this because she had come to fear so much. And, yeah, he nods curtly to her, just a lord's courtesy, that, that's all, and doesn't recognize her. And Roderick is, yeah, a little 
prickly. And she basically breaks it down for him. We're mud-covered strangers, just travelers on the side of the road. Why would he think anything else of us? Yeah. And And she uses that to say, we'll be staying at the inn, because he couldn't recognize me, and so no one else will. And what a terrible decision. Yeah. It's near dark when they reach the inn. And they go inside, and they they end up getting offered the, the the last two rooms that are available, which are at the very top of the stairs, right under the bell tower, and it's disgustingly loud. But Marsha Heddle, who's a little older now, points out that they'll never they won't miss any meals because the the bell rings for the meals. But they take the rooms because whatever. Marsha Heddle tells them to leave their boots at the door because she ain't having them tracking no mud yeah. in. So Kenshin's that uh, Marsha Heddle there is grayer and fatter than she remembers before, mm-hmm. and she's not giving her the slight, uh, the, the the smiles that she had yeah. as a child. And there's no mention of sweets and stuff, which, who can blame her? Like, times are a bit hard, yeah, I'm yeah. sure, for everybody. And then the fact that you're just an uncovered stranger. Like, why would she offer this traveler? You know, you weren't, you were the Lord's daughter back then, like... Uh, Holster Tully's fucking yeah. You were almost expect uh, you were expected to receive if yeah, it's all, you're treatment. practically royalty yeah. as the warden of the Easts or whatever the hell he is. I guess that was John Aaron, huh? Yeah. Um, but whatever the fuck of he is. But Catelyn is sitting then in her room uh, alone, and she's at the window, and she's sort of just ruminating on things, and she's thinking. This is kind of, of where we're getting her crossroads. She's thinking about the crossroads, and she says that west of here is River Run, and she yearns to speak with her father. She misses him greatly. Uh, Hoster Tuller was, Tully was a someone she could trust and confide in, and he would give her sound and reasonable advice. But at his age and his health, after being bedridden for two years. Well, she thinks, she's... too, that if Winterfell needs to prep for war... River Run needs to do so more so yeah. because they're closer to King's Landing, which is actually a valid point. But her father's bedridden. She doesn't want to tax him any right. more than is necessary. And then she thinks that the East Road is wilder and more dangerous, climbing up into the Mountains of the Moon and beyond that to the Vale of Aaron and even beyond that to the Stony Fingers. But then she would get the chance to uh, talk to Lysa. And High above see if she can learn any new information about the stuff that Ned's looking into. Yeah, she's Liza might be sitting on some irrefutable proof, and Catelyn just doesn't know it. So she's debating that. What if I can go up there, and all of the questions Ned Ned's trying to answer are just answered? She's able to hand me a scroll, a book, a piece of parchment, right, whatever right. that is the, re- the the smoking gun essentially, and she just doesn't know. So she debates, yeah, but she thinks that road is dangerous. There's the mountain clans, and they're lawless. They will kill and rob right. anybody. The shadow panthers. And there's all sorts of shit. Even John Aaron would ride right. in force when he crossed through the mountains, and Catelyn had one elderly knight who was armored only in loyalty, which I just like that line, yeah. armored only in loyalty. But So she decides that the only choice is going home. Her path is to the north, where, uh, where her sons and her duty wait for her, which... Uh, I, I like that as well. That duty is important to her. Ned did task task her with beginning preparations. Right, and... so she mentions that her plan is going to be to get safely past the neck. Then she's going to announce who she is to one of her husband's bannermen and get all the orders that he gave her mm-hmm. into effect, basically. So and it's... she starts thinking of that journey and the, the lords around her, of which she knew them all from a child. The Blackwoods and the Brackens, which are always fighting and... They, they are, if you read any lore on Westeros, yeah, yeah. the Blackwoods and the Brackens. There's Lady Went of Harrenhal and Lord Frey and all of his children. And all of these are bannermen to Lord Tully, her father. But she starts to think that if her father called the banners, would it be enough? Would they even come? Right. And that's when we get the description of the late Lord Frey, who basically yes, sat. showed up at the very last second it's, at yeah, the Battle exactly. of the Trident. Yeah, sat until the right. last second to and see so, who would win and right. sided with a side. And Cat decides that it just, it will not come to war. Mm-hmm. She, it can't. They can't let it. Right, yeah. but good luck. Roger comes up to get her for dinner, and she tells him that until they pass the neck, they should pose as a father-daughter duo. He should stop calling her my lady. And they have a nice moment where he does just instinctually, and she laughs, and then she takes him his arm, and they head down to dinner, and the benches are crowded. Super and crowded. It's, 
and it, we get this cool description of how this inn is sort of a me- mixing pot for all these different. There's a septa in, on the benches in between, like a blacksmith and uh, a bard. Right, right. You know, it's just there's it's, all sorts of travelers yeah, and tra- townsfolk so mingling. This is and... a place that we're told basically where a lot of news is exchanged, a lot of word is spread. I mean, because it's tales this, are it's told. This meeting point for a, every part of the a realm. literal crossroads. Yeah, where you pick a cardinal direction yeah, you and have you can get King's there. Landing, you have the Vale, you have River Run, you and have Winterfell all in different directions. Also, obviously, it's a crossroads for Catelyn. This is this is a decision point and yes. as we get into the final part of this chapter, this is the path she chooses essentially is is she's planning to go to Winterfell right now and continue home and do what Ned And said. just imagine how much would have been different. And a monkey wrench, exactly. Plan. A monkey wrench is about to be thrown in that and she's about to change her trajectory. So uh, there's a lot more swords in this room than Catelyn likes, and she she just notes that there's three Brackens, a group of Freys, all young and all too young to know her. So she's trying to find like a familiar face, someone she could maybe say like, "Hey, I'm fucking Lady Catelyn. Like, can you get me?" But north? at the same time, she's also looking for familiar faces to go. I need to sit far away from. That well, yeah, person. to, to scout out sure this danger. person won't recognize me. And so Roderick finds them seats at a bench across from a man who's playing a wood harp a little bard and he greets them and Roderick greets him very stiffly that he wants basically nothing to do with it but he rapid fire questions at them where are you you know where are you coming from what are you doing are you heading to the king's turn and that's not even like that's just the nature of the, the crossroads the yeah. inn here that that people are chatty you're sitting across from them hey let's chat because yeah, we're sitting yeah. close that's what you do here at the crossroads and he's a singer a musician and Catelyn so Catelyn chooses to answer the safest question which I don't really know if this is valid, but right. she says that they left King's Landing a fortnight ago, and the singer chimes in. Then with that's where he's going for the the hands tournament, and as it's as Catelyn expects that he's more interested in telling his story than right. hearing theirs, so she's willing to let him just talk, and he yeah. does. So he starts mentioning how he lost his money, and I liked how he lost it betting uh, on the Kingslayer mm. during the last tournament, and it's I liked Sir Roger. The gods frown on the gambler. Like, <laughs> all right, Roger, got, chill. All right, buddy. And I just like that he lost all his fortune gambling on the Kingslayer. She's about to have Tyrion arrested for losing his knife betting against. Yeah, yeah, the same, sort of the same circumstances. Right. And so it's, but Jamie won, didn't he? Uh, No, that's that was the supposed... Thing is, I thought it was because he bet on no Littlefinger supposedly bet on Jamie and Tyrion bet on the the Night of the Flowers and that's what the big shocker was right and that's what doesn't make sense is Tyrion would have bet on Jamie You're... so yeah no it, it, uh, Jamie yeah, lost I that, that too. There. I was yeah. gonna say that's how I had it but I got and it. so the singer in uh, the food is brought and Roderick just immediately jumps in and the singer introduces himself as Marmillion. Marillion? Marillion. Whatever it is. Marillion. That works. And he offers to sing. Uh, which, remember that name because he pops up all throughout lot, the fucking series. Yeah. And Catelyn starts asking him a little bit because she, he, she's more amused by him. Um, she knows his type. And he, they, she mentions River Run and asks him if he's ever made it there. And he says that they keep a chamber for him at River Run and that the young lord there is like his brother. Well, it's funny because before he got into that, he... Uh... He had said, you know, if they had a couple coppers, that he'd sing a song for them. And Roger was like, well, we got coppers, but that's the last, that, like, there's nothing more likely to ruin my meal mm. than to hear you fucking howling on. And uh, that's when Cat starts kind of asking him about his, his travels and his adventures. Yeah, and he says that, yeah, they keep a room for him at River Run, and the young lord is like a brother. And Cat just wonders what Edmure would think of that, because Edmure... <laughs> had a lady friend stolen from him by a musician, and he came to detest their kind after that. So this guy's just doing the, which isn't again an uncommon thing, I'm sure, with especially a bard of all people to boast and make these. He's just hyping these, himself up. He, exactly. He's got to be his own hype man. And so <laughs> she asks about Winterfell and if he's ever made it up there, and he answers with a "Why the fuck would I go up there?" Basically, yo, it's cold and empty. There's no reason. Who am I going to sing for? The but as trees he's in the snow. answering, Catelyn hears the door bang open and she hears a servant call out that you know the horses need this and that and my lord of Lannister requires a room and a hot bath 
and Roderick immediately goes into oh shit mode and Kat tries to sort of chill him out and she sees that there's four of them an old man of the night's watch Yorin two servants and Tyrion Lannister small and bold as life and Marsha Hedda tells them that they're full up there's no room so Tyrion being Tyrion pulls out a coin and starts flipping it and catching it and you know surely we can rectify this situation type thing and one of the free riders speaks up which Bronn? Bronn? You think so? Bronn? I mean, because he did pick up the, his sack of gold, I think it mentioned, and he was kind of chinking that around when yeah. he pulled some gold out of it. And, I mean, sure, possibly. That definitely seems like the I mean, this the, is, the I, I believe do. it is, like, Catelyn's next chapter that we get Bronn, where, like, the free right. rider comes with him. So I'm assuming this is Bronn, and that's when Tyrion, now, now, now there's a clever man, so Tyrion asks for food, and it, as he asks for food, food, Catelyn thinks, and may he choke on it. But it was Bran she sees choking, drowning on his own blood. Yeah. Which is just a brutal, like, all right, Catelyn, chill. So, yeah, Tyrion orders his food and asks Yorin to sup with him, and Yorin agrees. Upstairs in his room, mm-hmm. privately. And he starts to make his way towards the stairs, and Cat is basically relieved that she was able to go unnoticed. Yeah. Until... Motherfucking Marillion. The goddamn bard jumps up and starts calling, My lord of Lannister, please let me sing to you while you sup. And so I technically gave uh, Roderick Tyrion's quote, but he says, because Marillion was offering to sing him the song of the Sack of King's Landing, basically. And Tyrion said, nothing would ruin my fucking dinner more than hearing you sing. Anything, especially probably to do with Tywin, fucking in general, but... And Tyrion, yeah, looks from the singer over to Catelyn, and he smiles and tells her, Lady Stark, I was very sorry to have missed you at Winterfell. He noticed her fucking immediately. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the company you keep, and Tyrion Lannister is very interested in the company anybody keeps that he has an engagement with. And so Cat rises to her feet. And this is when she, like, because Marsha Heddle, even Catelyn yeah, Stark, like, like oh, everyone's shit. pretty dumbfounded. And she says, I was still Catelyn Tully last I was here. And then she begins looking around at all the knights and the sworn swords and thinks to herself, does she dare risk it? And she decides to. So she calls to Lady Wentz Man first, asking if Lady Wentz remains a true friend to her father. And he answers in affirmation. He does. There she does, <clears throat> my lady. And Tyrion's just blanking at her in confusion. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't know, know what the, what the happening. Exactly. So she calls out to the Brackens. And, again, they, they agree that Lord Oster Tully, you know, we're great friends. Our, our houses are great friends. And Tyrion says that I envy your father all his fine friends, but I don't quite see the purpose in all this. And then Catelyn sees the phrase and thinks that they were the very heart of the matter, as there's 20 of them. And... She greets them and asks how their father fares, and we learn that Lord Walder plans to take another wife and has invited Catelyn's father to visit in the wedding celebration. And this is when Tyrion sniggers, and Catelyn knew she had him. Because of the fact that the Freys were still inviting her father to weddings. Mm -hmm. So they're still loyal, still on good terms. Well, that and the fact that Tyrion mocks Lord Frey. Right. They're a prickly house. So this is when she drops the bomb. This man came a guest into my house and there conspired to murder my son, a boy of seven. And this is when Roderick stands up and moves to her side and he's got his sword out. It's, It's out. He's ready to go. And she says that in the name of King Robert and the good lords you serve, I call upon you to seize him and help me return him to Winterfell to await the king's justice. And they do. They all unsheathe. And she says she doesn't know what was more satisfying. Dozens of swords being drawn at the same time or the look on Tyrion's face. So... Tactical error on Catelyn's part? Uh, yeah. I mean, he... This is a fucking mistake, right? Like, I, I Absolutely. And I mean, this is uh, the chapter end for, if we weren't clear enough, this is where the chapter closes. And, yeah, this is a mistake. Tyrion didn't... Tyrion had nothing no, to do with No this. idea with anything I mean, this is on. just adding fuel to Littlefinger's fire. Yeah. Of just... Because he has no idea. There's no proof. There's no evidence. And you just fucking... You, you take him. Jump the gun. You just take him. Like, in front of everyone at this crossroads is both Catelyn just physical the war. and this is the start of the war yeah 
right this here. This is when Jamie's... I mean, yeah, technically the dominoes were tipped by Littlefinger. This is the true public But Catelyn start. makes an error here, yeah, yeah. And, and it comes back to So long. let's uh, let's real quick give a, an inductee. And then Mine's Roderick. Right in. His <laughs> hatred for the fucking singer, because um, I'm right there with you, Roderick. I don't want to listen to you pratting on while I'm trying to eat my meal. So good on you, Roderick. Uh, mine was going to go to Marillion for <laughs> for basically just, you know, boasting like he's crazy. He reminds me of Sir Creighton. Um, Great. Now dinner's going to be awkward with Roderick and to... Marillion. True story. But I'll, at least I'll get a song out of Marillion. Roderick will be over there insulting him, so it'll be all worth it. That's sure. So with that, or as we would do normally, last week if you joined us, we were reading Catelyn. What, what chapter are we Are you serious? Catelyn 5. So from no. the mother to the daughter. Yeah, Sansa 2. Sansa got to ride to the hands tournament with Septa Mordain and Jane Poole in a litter with curtains of yellow silk so fine she could see right through them. They immediately, immediately, we get this direct contrast to and this pairing I didn't even realize was so good. Catelyn's dirty, mucky, out yeah. in the rain, but she's loving so, it. And Sansa's yeah. these silky the silk curtains, curtains. It says that it made everything outside, the whole world, appear gold. And it's just building up this false. Yeah, it's those like I, I I think the color is changing, it's, but it's, it's says, so it's rose colored goggles. Yeah, it's, so the splendor took Sansa's breath away. The shining armor, the giant chargers, the noise of all the crowd. Um, and she even in the wind, the right. nights, and the nights. And she whispers basically to herself that it's better than the songs, mm. which as we, I don't think we know it quite yet, but we learn that she just puts a lot of stock into the songs, all yeah. those folk songs, which is again funny that we were just sitting there with a bard with her mother. Yeah. And now these different songs, she would have loved to hear some songs. She thinks that of all the things, it's the knights themselves, the knights most of all. They are living up to every expectation she yeah. ever had. So they find their place among the high lords and ladies. A spot and, that was promised to them by her father. And so. we get that Sansa was dressed beautifully today in a green gown that brought out the auburn in her hair. And she knew that they were all looking at her and smiling. She is just on cloud. She's the belle of the ball. Locking nine. And so they all sit down and they just watch as all the different knights come riding in. And yeah. So she gives Heroes a of a hundred songs, she yeah. says. Cause and that's, so that's, it that's starts it. with like the King's Guard is there and they're dressed in all their white armor and their white cloak, except for Jamie, who has the white cloak, but he has his own little lion helm and he's covered in the red and gold of Lannister. And he's got the golden sword. Yep. And the golden sword, right. We so get then Sir Gregor Clegane, the, the mountain that ride, who thunders past like an avalanche. Which, uh... Pretty, it yeah. just really gives a, an idea of how fucking big that monster is. And Sansa remembers Jan Royce, who had stayed at Winterfell two I years previously. I love the, the, which it's bullshit, but Sansa whispers into Jane Poole that, you know, he came up and fought and did some stuff up at Winterfell. But they say that his armor is thousands of years old. And it's covered in runes to help ward him against harm. Yeah, well, we'll see how you do in the list. Yeah, no shit. So Septim Mordain then points out Lord Jason Malister. And so this is... This is clearly a bit after Tyrion's been captured. Tyrion is now in custody. Um, We are not sure yet. It has to be probably at least a week. I'd say maybe even two, three. Um, So yeah, there's a good passage of time here, and then it mentions that the girls had giggled over the warrior priest Thoros of Mir with his flapping red robes and his shaving head. How dare you? Then Septa motherfucking Mordain steps in, and she's like, oh, you think it's funny? Well, Thoros of Mir scaled the motherfucking walls of Pike with a flaming goddamn sword, so like... Come what? at him, bro. Come and him. they stopped laughing after that. There were other riders she didn't know from yeah. the Fingers, from High Garden, from the Mountains of Dorne. Just a bunch of hedge knights. Unsung and... free riders, High Lord's sons, the heirs of lesser houses, just a bunch of nobodies. But Sansa so, and Jane. Take note that Squires is also mentioned in there. Yeah. Sansa and Jane agree that the Seven Kingdoms would soon enough sound to all of their names because it's just glorious. Everything's yeah, fucking glorious. Everything's great. And so, um, Jane Poole uh, mentions that she's scared of one of the the, the fighters, Jalabar Joe, which is just a of nice the way. Summer of, it's a nice way of saying that she's a fucking racist. Yeah, Jane Poole is a fucking racist. Racist. Because but she uh, then declared that she would marry Lord Beric Dondarrion that instant if given the chance. Yeah. Which I mean. 
We don't. We didn't let him lead us for no reason. No, I so. mean she's just like she's just like Sansa. She's got yeah. her flights of fancy. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm really like Jane Poole is a racist. Like 2K19, fuck yeah. off. Jane she's Poole. a terrible like, person. Cause like Jalabar Joe uh, Zo has like a sweet cape of green and scarlet feathers that I just really like. Yeah. I like he to me in my head is such a cool looking character. I bet he um, like because it makes me. I don't know. I just feel like he would have like a badass spear. Single blade at the end, just fucking twirling that shit all over in Martell, badass with that dope ass cape fluttering behind him. It'd be a pretty. Sick now you're thing lumping to see. every person in with Dorn. Oh Jesus, lumped it. you, you're you too, you and Jane Pool. <laughs> but anyway, wow. yes. Um, so then the we Hound get, yeah. entered the list, and as did Renly, the king's brother. As did Jory, Allen, and Harwin. There, they were riding for Winterfell. They, they, this tournament is huge. And so now, uh, as it gets goes from telling who's entering, it starts. Men, you know, it rolls right into the battlement that, that actually going on. The, 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 well, I, I thought it was interesting that uh, as we get that Jory, Allen, and Harwin are riding for Winterfell. Septa Mordain points out that Jory looks a beggar among yeah. all these others, which is just interesting because. I think right there, that's a little bit of where Sansa gets this vanity from. Well, that's is this it. woman who like oh look how we this. Looked. I mean, this is her house essentially. She you know I know she's a well, septa she's, and she right. shouldn't, but like she she watches these children. Jory essentially helps protect her and yeah. And so, in the description though, and it's very it completely encompasses the North. His armor is practical. Yeah, it's basic and practical. It's nothing. It uh, does enamel, what it needs to do. Ornate, yeah. It's not overly detailed. Anyway, we get into a little bit. Um, Jory handles himself like a boss. Yeah, he goes a few good tills. He lost and... to a free rider named Lothar Brune. Um, Alan Harwin, not so much. They were they got Harwin lost his first, first hill right. by Sir Marin, and Alan fell to Sir uh, Balan Swan. And the jousting goes all day into dusk. And any says, yeah, anytime a guy would fall off of his horse, uh, Jane Poole would shriek. Where as Sansa. She was her proper little Was lady. made of sterner stuff, yeah. is what she thinks to herself, which, like, all right, Sansa. And she knew, yeah, that a great lady knew how to properly behave at tournaments and not shriek and cover her eyes. And even the Septa noticed and nods her approval. So, again, Septa, you're a bad fucking influence. Like, yeah. I'm onto your shit. So, Jamie Lannister rode brilliantly beating Sir Andar Royce and Lord Bryce Caron easily. He then won a very hard-fought match against Barristan Selmy, who Barristan himself won his first two tilts against men 30 and 40 years his junior. Yeah. Barristan uh, is holding shit down, and yeah. even now he could cut through the five of you like carving a cake. Yes. So then it goes into the Hound and Mountain, who just seem unstoppable. Dynamic duo. Sansa is then goes into the most terrifying moment of the tournament. Yep. And it was the Mountain was jousting against a man, and he his lance went up underneath the guy's helm into his neck, and that guy's fucking dead. Yeah, it struck a young knight from the Vale up under his gorget, gorget, whatever that is called. Gorget. gorget. Sure. And, uh... It hit with such force that it killed him instantly. He, so. he fell not ten feet from Sansa, with the snapped lance still stuck in his neck and his lifeblood flowing out in pulses. Um, do you want to just, like, obviously yeah, so. we know that this is Sir Hugh of the Vale. Yeah. Um, this is John Aaron Squire, recently knighted Squire. And so we, <laughs> we find out a little later that Sir Gregor doesn't miss things and that his... Gorget yeah. wasn't fastened. Yeah, a little later in the chapter, the Hound's going to explain that, you know, Sir Gregor Clegane was aware of the fact that it was fucked, and so he this, did this on purpose. This was a setup. He was yes. murdered here. This was purely... Now, who's, it, who... Was it a... Someone was supposed to be helping him get ready? Was it the person that helped him get ready fucked him? Was it that Gregor was tipped off? Because, you know, it could be a... Did. Well, also, like, what is it that Sir Hugh of the Vale did that... Because, again, I can't recall if this gets... Now, see, the reason that Sir Hugh of the Vale, it's because Littlefinger had him had mentioned that that was one of the ones that had information. Yeah, no, no, I him. know. I'm wondering what Sir Hugh of the Vale did to get knighted. Oh, Like, right, how did right. he betray John Aaron? Because clearly he did something to... Have a have some association in his death to get knighted right after right, right. and left behind by, you know, it is a little interesting that 
with, with Lysa Aaron taking all the household guard and everything back to the year that he stayed. So yeah. clearly he did something and his reward was getting knighted. And then right after he's a loose end. So let's clear him off the board. Yeah. So just, I, 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 it feels like Cersei to me, but See, like, that's what it, it really who's got their like finger Cersei, in this pot? Who gave Gregor the order? To... But I feel like, yeah, it has something to do with some strings, little fingers. I, I agree there. as well. So yeah. Um, he he dies and <laughs> yeah right in front of suck. Sansa and she again mentions how it didn't how she should be way worse and uh, more terrified than she Jane is. Poole is fucking hysterical yeah. so hysterical that Septa Mordain has to take her off to regain her composure but Sansa sits hands folded watching with a strange fascination she had never seen a man die and she starts to think that she should cry but she can't and maybe she used up all her tears they dried up for Bran and Lady. And then she thinks maybe it would be different if it was Jory or Alan or Father or... Somebody she gave a shit the about. The Knight of the Vale of Aaron with nothing to her, she thinks. Yeah, and so they ca- carry off the body, they cover up the blood, and they resume the jousts. Moving on. So, Jesus Christ, that's cold, man. Chalk it up to an accident, man. And so, yeah, uh, it mentions uh, the, the Hound in the Mountain fighting a little more. Uh, the Mountain... Was it the Mountain? Yeah, Mountain Mountain... Uh, Dehorsed. Balen Swan. Renly. The hound got Balen Swan, didn't he? Other way around. Oh, okay. So I had it backwards. Yeah, Balen Swan fell to Gregor Clegane and Renly fell to the hound. Yeah. Renly was, was unhorsed violently. Yeah, and he was a crowd favorite. Yeah. So he, he fell, cracked his head back. His head hit the crowd. Audible crack. The, and which, the crowd lost their shit yeah. thinking that he was hurt, but it was just an antler from his helm. Which he tossed and gave to his victor, and the hound was like, Fuck your trophy shit, yeah, and he threw it into in the, the audience, and they lose their shit and start fart fighting, Which, mobbing. Like, it just this whole tournament to me just feels like an episode of old WWF Raw, like mm-hmm. that we would watch, like where, where the like, hound thr- is the heel and Renly is the baby face, and like you know he John he's, Cena takes off like, his the ha- John well, Cena. like fuck John Cena. I'm saying WWF, but not he pulls WWE. off like his armband and throws it into the crowd. Well, and they like lose no, because the hound is the bad guy, so like All he's right. inadvertently hyping up the crowd, and, like <laughs> but still hyping up the crowd and fuck you with your John Cena bullshit. I said WWF, not WWE. <laughs> he, I think he was there at the beginning. Beginning, wasn't he? No, or he wasn't. The, uh... He was not. All right, all right. On fight me, fuck off with your John Cena <laughs> shit. You just stomped all over my WWF reference. Anyway, Mordain shows up uh, without Jane Poole. Sansa had forgotten about her anyway. Right. Who cares? And she mentions that Jane Poole isn't feeling too well. She's going to head home. Bitch is not able to stand the sight of blood, apparently. Yeah, whatever. So, it's, it's so. I mean, in it. It's almost funny how naive and simple and gentle almost she is here. Sansa com- or Jane Poole, Jane Poole compared to the the trials and tribulations of her future. Yeah, I mean, it's Jane Poole and Sansa are one and the same. They just have very very different routes to take, I yeah. think. And so it says that later on, a hedge knight in a checkered cloak disgraced himself by killing Beric Dondarrion. <laughs> Not I, our dog. God damn it. Beric Dondarrion's horse, when Beric changed horses, uh, Beric then changed horses, but was felled by Thoros of Mir, which is interesting. Yeah, I they thought end so. up they... as little traveling companions. But in the end, it comes down to four. The Hound, the Mountain, Sir Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer, and Sir Loras Tyrell, the Knight of Flowers. Now, Loras is fucking 16. Yeah. Now, this is the age that Jamie, I believe, was when he was when he won the, well. the tournament at Harrenhal. I don't think he won it, but he, he... He jousted in it or something. He did really well in it, yeah. and so he was knighted there. And so, yeah, Loras Tyrell is just the most beautiful man. He's the youngest son of Mace and... Tyrell, who is the Lord of Highgarden and Warden of the South. And... Yeah, he's the youngest on the field today, but he's already on horse three Kingsguard night that mo- that morning. Yeah. And those were his first three jousts, supposedly. Sansa after, had yeah never seen anything so beautiful in her goddamn yeah. life. And so after each win, he would basically pull a fucking Rhaegar and go and give a, a rose, a white rose, a white flower. Well, we get a description of how... Galleon. Um, yeah, yeah, his ina- he has an enameled, uh, ornate bouquet of a thousand flowers, different flowers on his armor, and his snow-white stallion was draped with a blanket of red and white roses, and yeah, after each round, he would go and pluck a white rose and hand it to a maiden. He rode around like 80 times just milking this shit, and then he finally would give a rose to a fair maiden. 
And so the last match. They do the, that at medieval times. They do do that at yeah, medieval, medieval times. times. I wanted one, sick. but I didn't get one. Didn't get I'm not a fair one. maiden. That's okay. You're last, definitely not fair. The last day, I'm definitely not a maiden. Oh, that could be debatable. Uh, the last match of the day was Loris against Sir Robar. Sir Robar Royce. Sir Robar loses, but Sansa doesn't really care anyway because she only had eyes for Loris. Yes. And even when Robar's laying there a little hurt, she doesn't care because she only has eyes for fucking Loris. And when his horse ever stops in front of her, my God, does her heart almost explode (laughs) (laughs) that was wonderful thank you that was he gives her a red rose instead of the common basic bitch white rose that all the other hoes got and he tells her no victory is as beautiful as you my lady um, and she melted into the fucking ground. Yeah, eggs be dropping all over this bitch. <laughs> Sansa takes the flower, dumbstruck by his gallantry. And she just, everything, she breathes in the scent she's of him. And just she's in, just holding on, this, holding on to this image. <laughs> and this is the funniest Long after he ever. rides off, Loris is done with her because he's probably got a meeting with Renly somewhere. Yeah. And she opens her eyes and the like <laughs> the creepiest shit ever it's the bat. little figure is just, just looming there right there just staring at and her. he says that you must be one of her daughters you look <laughs> like her and we get this description from Sansa's point of view that he was a short he was short with a pointed beard and a silver streak in his hair and he had gray green eyes that did not smile when his mouth did and she's on. Sansa's uneasy as shit. And <laughs> yeah, she's I like, mean, the uh, pedo of pedos just fucking stepped up too bad. And she's like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I don't know you. I like that of all people, the most naive one, Sansa, is the one who can see that his eyes don't smile. His smile's not he, genuine. It's, yeah. There's something strange. So there. Septon Mordain speaks up and introduces him. This is Lord Peter Baelish, the king's own master of coin, and he just walks up to her. <laughs> And like dead at people, listeners, listeners, we got a thing, right? Like, you know, I wouldn't lie to you. Littlefinger walks up to this young girl and says, your mother was my queen of beauty once. (laughs) And then he brushes her cheek hair thing and then just abruptly fucking turns (laughs) and leaves. What the fuck was that about? What the fuck? What was he doing there? Besides hovering and staring at her because her eyes are closed and she doesn't notice him. I I, I legit think this is the one true peak we get, like, one of the few true peaks we get at him where it's his infatuation with Kat. He needs to see her daughter to see. Yeah, I think. he's just a creep about it. It's a fucking weird attraction. I think he is one breaking and entering away from running into what's-his-face from 60 minutes to catch a predator. Like, why don't you take a seat there? <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you have a seat there? Why don't you have a seat well, right there? Uh, uh, actually, uh, cat. Actually, uh, Sancha, let Sancha. Me sma- Sancha, let me smash. Sancha, let me smash. Sancha. So, like, yeah, <laughs> just fuck? fucking, like, Creeper 2, Return of Littlefinger. Just, oh it, it, like... Such a skirt in this chapter yeah, and he where just, all of a sudden... And then he's gone. And then he's just gone. And so that's... Apparently it's also nighttime now. Yeah, the uh, the day <laughs> ends, and so the high lords and ladies... The jousting's done, the king calls an end of the day, and the high lords and ladies head to the riverside where dinner is being prepared sort of in a fun... We're outdoors because it's a tournament Hooray. thing. It's like it's fucking middle school. And uh, she's feeling pretty honored on top of the great day she's had so far, barring Peter Baelish being fucking creeper of the year. <laughs> and now she gets a place of honor beside the king's dais up on her own little raised Yeah, platform. her and the Septa. Yeah. Like, damn Septa, not a bad job. And then she damn near just soils herself when Joffrey sits down next to her and it's like, yo, what up, bitch? And, yeah, she's freaking out. She, she They haven't says, spoken since the shit yeah. on the King's Road. And she thought at first she did hate him, but now she realizes that she doesn't hate him. It wasn't his fault at all. It wasn't his doing. It Not was really. the queen and that Arya. Well, it says, yeah, the queen did it. She was the one to hate her and Arya. Nothing would have happened if not for Arya. 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 So, yeah, no, she's <laughs> literally talked herself into forgiving Joffrey for being a fucking shit. But 
she says that she couldn't hate Joffrey tonight because he's just too beautiful. He's just too he's so beautiful. And I, I like it was a long description of Joffrey's armor, but I just put Joff looking fresh because like he is, yo. He's decked out in some like jeweled fucking like crown shit. He's, he's got lions out. all over and like rubies. Like so, Sansa was panicked as fuck that he was either either gonna completely ignore her for the entire night. Or just be the meanest cunt Turn on hateful the face again. of yeah. the planet. But instead, he takes her <gasps> hand and kisses it <gasps> and smiles. And it says that he is handsome as and gallant as any prince in the songs. Now, this is the third time, Sansa. Girl, third time we mention these fucking songs. Like, you need to get over this get shit. Get over it. Says us that are, like, literally living in a book. Yeah, and no that's, shit. like, what we do. So, he says, Sir Loris has a keen eye for beauty. Shut up. So, one, like, I think all of these lines are very important. Like, I have such a... I'm so excited to get here because I have such a good point to make about Joffrey. So, yeah, he asks about that, and he says... Uh, she she just like, oh, God, like, Joffrey... At first, Sir Laura says, I'm beautiful. Now, Joffrey's saying it. And then she asks, do you think he will win tomorrow in the jousts? And <laughs> Joffrey, like... I feel like for a minute it slips back in. He's like, no, my dog will do for him. Or my uncle. And then, of course, then when I'm old enough, but I'll me, do for them yeah. all. Like, ah. Uh-huh. And so Joffrey stops the servant girl. He's like, hey. And he gets some summer wine. And he himself. More pours, wine. He pours for Sansa. A toothpick. Sansa gets. <laughs> can, <laughs> can, I, I get can I get a toothpick? <laughs> and so Sansa gets a little concerned about drinking, but. The scepter's eyeing her, and then Joffrey pours the scepter some, and he's just like, shut like up, Like a bitch. nice tall like, glass. Yeah. And so that's when the scepter shuts up and doesn't say And anything. from that point on, their cups were never empty. But Sansa didn't need the wine, because she's drunk on the night. She The magic is, of the night. She is drunk on the magic of the day. And it's basically, I mean, as much as we're shitting on it, like, it is like she fell into a song, because we get, like, this is... A wonderful tournament. Yeah, I mean, and there's singers, her... there's jugglers, there's yeah, the king's there's... own fool, the moon boy, who's very sharp in his wit and very clever in insulting people. And even the septa is laughing and having a good time. Yeah. Uh, and To where she's spilling wine all over yeah. her. She's a mess. You're a fucking mess. And so it is game. like she fell into the song, and, and Joffrey is the soul of courtesy, it says. So... Spending all night talking to her. Why do you think that is? I I have a I, I like I'll get there. I Lord. I think I know exactly why that is. So he's making her laugh. He's talking with her. You know, coming back and forth. Then the food comes, and there's a ton of courses. Another great description of Martin's feast, but I'm not going to get too into yeah, it. But Joffrey mean? essentially is helping her crack open the oysters, the clams. Yeah, he's helping her he's eat feeding her meals. Her. It's fucking adorable, except for shit. the fact that he's a psychopath. And she notices his arm, that it's still hurting oh. him, yet he hasn't complained not all night. And so he's just a fucking hero. So then uh, she was getting in, diving into the desserts because she's having some lemon cakes, which yeah. are just her favorite. Oh. Goodness. Well, she could only fit two, though, But she, she ate a lot. I haven't. I, and so she's going to try. She's thinking about trying to fit a third one when there's some yelling. Yeah. And she thinks that, it. well, she, she knows it's the king yelling no, but she thinks that he had gotten louder with each course. Um, Robert's getting trapped. Normally just some, some yelling, like a yelled command or a laugh, but Sansa couldn't really make it out because they were pretty far away. But now everyone hears him and he yells no again and he's standing red-faced reeling drunk as a man could be yelling you don't tell me what to do woman and he is staring at the queen if i say that i'll fight tomorrow i am the king and i will fight so yeah robert wants to fight in the tournament and cersei clearly told him no because that's what needs to happen actually and everyone's staring Barris and Selmy, Renly, but no one is getting involved because it's the king and he's drunk. And it says that the queen's face is a mask, bloodless. So and basically she's pale as fuck. Yeah, and she you. stands and gathers her skirts up around her and her servants and she storms off in silence. And Cersei's done. Boom. She's pissed. Get out of here. Jamie. Yes. So, skirt. Going back to Joffrey now. Yes, real quick back to Joffrey. So, I think this right here tells us all we need to know. The courtesy, I believe, came from his mother, t- taking Sansa and being kind to her and everything. I'm certain Cersei told him, you know, you need to do this. This is your betrothed. Then he sees his father. 
mistreating her. Fucking screaming yeah, at her. And yeah. Joffrey immediately goes cold from this point on. So part of me was thinking that he was going cold just because he's embarrassed, but I think that that way makes way more it's sense. It's the little kid at the dinner table, you know, yeah. where, like, our parents are fighting, and so now I'm mad at my brother, I'm my little mimic brother, them. or yeah, I'm mad at gonna... my friend because my parents are fighting, and I don't know how. Joffrey's doing the same thing. He just, you know, he was having a good time doing what his mother asked, and I think enjoying himself a little bit, and then well, because we also right, made. And we'll learn eventually that, you know, Joffrey... He he looks up to Robert. Yeah. Like as much as you know, we we as the readers know that that's not his father. That's you know that's who he's. That's led who believe. he believes. It's his dad, is, and yeah. he wants to be just like him. But he's he's a little more and frail. The, and that's it. I mean, I am the king. I will fight him. Like Robert throws this "I am the king" thing yeah. around. So like that's where Joffrey gets it. Jamie Lannister puts a hand on the king's shoulder here, and the king. Shoves him. shoves him off and knocks him to the ground and tells him that I can still knock you in the dirt. Remember that, Kingslayer. And uh, these behaviors, yeah, are Joffrey. This is what Joffrey is now zoned in on. Yeah, that's and, it. And it was just this turn of like, oh, my mother told me to be courteous and everything, but my father, the king, the one doesn't that's really listen in to the women. He says, "Fuck that." Women bitch. are dumb and yeah. shouldn't. And so he, Jamie gets up and you know. He, He's Robert's still boasting, you know, give me my Warhammer, no one can stand mm-hmm. in front of me. And Jamie's, you know, yes, you're yes, as you my say, Lord. your grace. Yep, as, and Renly runs up and returns his goblet, gives gets him another him goblet. More to drink. You drop your goblet here, let me get Enabler. you. Enabler. Well, that's it. And like, what can you do? He's the king. He, right. If he's drunk enough, he could fucking order you to death, and right. it'll be done. Like, you have to. So, Joffrey. Touches her arm, and she jumps. Scares her, yeah. And it says that he has an odd look on his face, like he isn't seeing her at all. He, at this point, it's what his mother told him, but he's he's right, done. Right. And I think part of it is, again, the sh- you know, my parents just said this big fuck. Yeah. And, like, I, I'm almost embarrassed. I want to get the fuck out of here, too. But, like you said, there's also that now. Yeah, and he tells her, you know, it's getting late. Do you need an escort? Back to the castle, and Sansa looks over at Septa, and Septa is passed the fuck She up. partied hard. Like, goddamn, Septa's snoring, very unladylike, and so Sansa agrees that, yeah, it's getting late, and it, it, it's a little scary, so yeah, I could use a, an escort. This will be nice, walking back to you, to the castle with you. It'll be nice. Dog! Dog! And I love Sandor this. Clegane I love this. seems to take form out of the night with how quickly he appears to Joffrey's yes. summons. He's changed his clothes. He's in a red tunic now. Looking fresh himself. Of course. And Joffrey tells him, take my patrol to the castle and see that no harm befalls her. And without a word of farewell, Joffrey pulls a little finger and turns and scoots. Just Bye. disappears. And again, I think that's just, he just saw his parents go and, well, and he's going to disrespect the that's woman. That's what just his like mother his just did, did yeah, too, though. Like, just turned and walked away. Yeah. Just fucking the end. Sansa can feel the hound watching her. Just his little scary yes. eyes. And he starts laughing because he knows what everybody else was led to believe yeah. that Joffrey himself would be walking. Yeah, you and, thought Joffrey was going to take you himself and he laughs that sounds like the snarlings of dogs in a pit. Love that. And Sansa's suddenly terrified, so she starts shoving the scepter to wake her up. But that's a no-go. Yeah, and so the hound just grabs her, scoops her up, and sets her on her feet. Like, no, we're going. Sansa thinks that the feast was over and the beautiful dream had ended with it. Like, now we're back in scary King's Landing, and it's nighttime, and you're with the hound. And he's like, let's go. We're going. You're not the only one that's fucking tired. I've been drinking, and I might have to kill my brother tomorrow. She's she's freaking the fuck out. Yeah, so he grabs a torch. He's leading her, and she keeps her eyes down because she can't bear the sight of him. That and, you know, the ground's uneven. She's pretty drunk herself, so she doesn't want to trip He frightens her, but she was a proper lady, so she tells him that you rode gallantly today, Sir uh, Sir, Sir Sandor. Sir Sandor. Sounds so fucking weird. Sir Sandor, yeah. And he tells her, spare me your empty little compliments, girl. I'm no knight, and I spit on them in their vows. Did you see my brother ride today? He's a knight. What did you think of him? And she trembles and starts to mumble something. And he asks, was he gallant? And he Yeah, yeah and she, she realizes he's mocking her. Yeah. And she's still. She, no, no one, one could withstand him. And she's proud of herself for this. For coming with this, Because you know, it wasn't a lie. Right. It was a courtesy. And it Sander was a compliment. And fucking stops. And, because he, he knows exactly what she did. Yeah. Why she was doing it. Now, do you, 
because uh, he's going to go into some detail here um, before I do that. Do you think he was aware of the plot, the actual plotting of Hugh of the Vale being killed, or do you think that he chalked it up on his brother just taking advantage of a... No, I... I un- unarmored. I, I think that... Um... I don't think he cares enough about some ump jump knight. He hates fucking knights. So like, and, right. and that's I think that's what this is more of is he watches he his brother like stupid, a hawk yeah. because of how much he fucking hates him. But yeah, so he's uh, he stops and he calls her a little bird, saying that you're like one of those little birds from summer Isle, the summer isles, the you know the ones that repeat all the little pretty lies or little pretty little lies that they taught you. Pretty to little say. words, right? Yeah. Pretty little lies that show that I've never seen. Yeah, some scepter trained you well. Like, yeah, he, he he's onto it. You know, you're just reciting these courtesies because that's what you were told to do. And she tells him that you're frightening me, and she wants to go. He she she wants to go, and that's when he sort of starts talking, but not even like to her. He just says that no one could ever withstand Gregor. Uh, that and, and goes into the tournament a little bit that that fool boy of a, a knight had no business being out there today and this is when we get that his gorget wasn't fastened, pro- fastened properly and he asks her you think Gregor didn't notice that you think his lance just happened to ride up by chance and he at this point grabs her because she's just completely avoiding yeah, she's, the gates she's and he's terrified. like look at me look and at yeah, me yeah he forces her to look and says take a good long stare I watched you turning away all down the king's roads uh, piss on that Basically, Fucking have yeah, a good fuck, long look fuck that look and so she notes that uh, and so at this point yeah his fingers are holding her jaw and his eyes are boring into her this is the hand's daughter his eyes are watching her eyes to make sure she is looking the, deeply like, this is the face. hand I understand yeah. he's the prince's dog but, but he's drunk he's, this is Ned Stark's that's daughter dangerous yeah. shit granted I think that the hound could cut Ned Stark down in a I, I agree I think in a fight it's a no contest but, but so the right side of his face is normal and he looks you know like a relatively normal dude the left side of his face, however, is a ruin. His ear is burned completely away, just leaving a hole. His eye, his left eye is okay, but all around it is scarring and black flesh as hard as leather, pocked with fissures and cracks that gleamed wet and red when he moved. And by his jaw, there is a hint of bone where the flesh had melted away. Yeah, he's way fucking gross looking. Yeah, know. he's a fucking scary dude. Sansa begins to cry. And I don't really blame her. And that <laughs> And he tell and he just starts to think and says that most thought it was a battle. Some So siege. that's when he let go of her yeah. right then when Some she siege to cry. or or anything and he laughs and says that I was six, maybe seven, and there was a woodmaker that wanted to earn favor with my father, so he would send us wooden toys. And I don't remember what I got, but it was Gregor's toy I wanted because Gregor got a knight, and it had all the little Yo, joints. And, I want that toy. And it had strings, and you could make them fight. Yo, like, <laughs> this you know, like I so hate this story breaks my heart. Th- me man. too, because there has literally been times where your older f- oldest fucking brother has got something dope, and I wanted to try it out, and somehow I end up catching a fucking D-sized battery. He's not my oldest brother. He's yours. I'm adopted. Yeah, I wish that we were adopted. Anyway, he... Well, that's fucked up to poor people that, you know, are wishing they could get adopted and were, like, <laughs> wanting to get out of... You the said it. I you, didn't no, you did. it. You said you were adopted. I did. But you're not adopted. Well, Rude. they didn't Hashtag know that second. until you just <laughs> called it out. You're blowing up my fucking spot. But anyway, so the hound took it, and he said... But there was no joy in it because he was terrified that his brother was going to find him. And, Which is fucking sad. And he said that he, Gregor was, he was, uh, what is he? He was five years five older. Five years so older. He was, he like was already 12, a squire. 12, 13 years old. He's, he was already a squire, already 11, six 12. foot. Yeah, and so, like, he had no want or desire for a stupid little wooden fucking toy. So he just walked in, picked him up, and pressed his face down in the brazier in the burning coals. And he held me there while I screamed and screamed. And it Even took... at 11 or 12 years old, it took three full-grown men to, to pull, him, pull off. him off of the hound. And the hound goes into about the, the septons and their seven hells, and he says that only a man who's been burned knows what hell is truly like. And then he says that he they gave him ointments. Mm-hmm. His father ointments. told everyone that his bedding caught fire, and yeah, the, the maester gave him ointments, and then... 
And so I actually like the wordplay because he says that then my brother yes. got his ointments as well. His anointments. And his anointments. And then he says it again uh, with the anointment. Now, do you think it, there's anything there that um, his father said that his bedding was caught on fire? And then I think it's, I think it's this book, but when Sansa first has her womanly bleedings. Yeah. She lights her own bedding on fire. Well, she stuffs it into the fireplace and it smolders. Her bedding gets caught on fire. No. I, I mean, maybe that's a, a comparison to be drawn. I'd have to get to the Sansa chapter, so if you could be patient. Whoa. But Rude. I I don't know. Actually, I never really thought about yeah, it. Yeah, hashtag so. suck that. All right. You're using that a lot this time. I am. Like, chill a lot of hashtags. Relax. Anyway, he says that four years after this, Rhaegar Targaryen tapped his brother's shoulder and told him to arise as Sir Gregor the Knight. And this is why the Hound has his distaste for knights. Knights are supposed to protect people and be honest and be noble. Yeah, and, and Gregor's a fucking cunt. Not only, like, this this knight, but it's his older brother. Like, his older brother, who, in a way, should have been his own knight yeah, protecting own him, fucking completely just broke this kid on, on what knights are so he goes silent for a bit and Sansa starts to feel sad for him and the fear leaves her she's not yes. afraid of him anymore she feels bad she and realizes those little that... courtesies kind of jump in again that trained thought so she feels she has to say or compliment him on something yeah so she tells him that her his brother was no true knight and the hound just fucking roars, roars at this and he says no little bird he was no true knight like, I think that, that that roar was kind of a mix of uh, comedy. He's laughing, but at the same time, I think it's like anguish, laughter. It's just yeah. like this. Like he's he knows he he agrees. He's but literally knows the better complete than him. opposite of what a knight is. Yeah, yeah. and so it's this. this it's not the funny. Of the yeah, it's just not it funny laughter. And she so, stumbles back, but he catches her before she falls, which I think is I don't know. I kind of like that he he scared her, and as she's tumbling in fear, he's able to to grab and save her from falling there. But the rest of the way, he said not a word, and he hails them a cart, and they get in the cart, and they ride the west, rest the west, they ride the west of the way. Where the fuck are you going? West, west. <laughs> What's west of Westeros? They ride the rest of the way into the city in silence, and then he leads her through a postern door into the castle and all the way up to her bedchamber, and she thanks him, and this is where he grabs her arm and leans in real close and says, what I told you, if you ever tell Joff... And she kind of cuts him off first and says, oh, I promise I won't say anything. And he's like... And he finishes the thought. It says, it's, it, it was not enough. If you ever tell anyone, I'll kill you. And chapter end. Do you believe him? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Of course we believe the hound. He's yeah, crazy. Yeah, no, I think... Um, uh, I think that he was so, too drunk and he just told her a story that he's never told another person. Yeah, no, I think she... In her Sansa-esque way, sort of disarmed him in that, like... She is a clever... Well, like, he could tell she was terrified, and so she's trying to just do these courtesies to get out of this situation, to get away from this man who's scaring the shit out of her, because that's the only weapon she's been equipped with at this point in life. And so I think he's, you know, he's not going to hurt this little girl, because all she's doing is... What she's been told, you know, she's trying to be polite, but she's terrified. So I think a part of him is like, she's me. She's the little kid sitting there playing with the toy. Like, I'm not going to walk up and slam her face to the brazier. Like, I'm going to, you know, escort her back to the castle and make sure no harm befells her. I happen to be shit face drunk. So I happen to tell her a little more about my past than I wanted to. So I'm going to threaten her to scare her. But... Actually, I, I would even say that, no, I don't think he would follow through on killing her. Like, I, I think the Hound is too smart for that, killing the Hand of the King's daughter. Like, I don't think the Hound I would don't actually think that do it. She, yeah, I don't think she I redact that, that statement. No, no, but, she doesn't, but I okay. do. Okay, so your inductee for this chapter is... Mmm, damn it. Uh, I'm going with Creeper Baelish. I'm going with oh, Creeper man. Baelish, because that, Baelish. like... 
<laughs> it's in my fucking notes, man. That that paragraph where he popped up was, stood out yo, to me so it much. Was the most when he walked away was what caught. I was like, what? Yeah, the f- when he just turns the, and goes. But yeah, the, she opens her eyes and looming over. Yeah, her. it was the because she's got this nice memory. Like, oh, Loris, he's so hot. I wish I had a poster of him above my bed. And opens then, her eyes and there's Littlefinger breathing heavy. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, a little bigger. Like Igor from Frankenstein. Welcome just fucking... to the Brotherhood for this chapter. Actually, hey, we're not running too long here. It we is... are running pretty long. Yeah. So I'll give my inductee. We'll give some socials, and then we'll call it a night. So I even wrote mine down to show that I actually had one this wow. time. So I picked Jamie, and the only reason being, you know, he got knocked on his ass not during the tourney, but by the king at the feast, and. He's one of the most fucking pompous, egotistical fucks. To get knocked down and keep his mouth shut, yeah. you know, that takes some fucking self-control that he clearly isn't capable of usually. Look at the three kids he has. And good on you for not getting up and just killing another fucking king. <laughs> do you think... I mean, fuck it. It's, a, it's sort of a describe. Do, do you think J- J- uh, Joffrey would have been better off knowing Jamie was his father and learning from him more than from Robert? I, so... Kid killer, kid killer. <laughs> I mean, Joffrey Jamie... shoved a kid, or Jamie shoved a kid out That's of fucking the fucking I mean, and like, it's, He's it's not a great dad either. It's the way but... that Martin writes, you know, that nobody's black and white. There's no good or evil. You know, everyone's got that, those shades. Um, yeah, Jamie... Early on, not necessarily, because I think it would be very similar to how Joffrey already is. Um, but if it was a little later when Jamie starts wisening up, then obviously, yes, Jamie's a great figure with the honor and the virtues. If he could express how he feels and why he did what he did with enough, you know, conviction to Joffrey... To show that he killed the king not just because he wanted power. That there, you know, it was for the good of the people and kind of teach him those types of things, sure. But I think that that's hard to answer without knowing where and what not. Acceptable answer. Anyway, those are our thoughts on Catelyn 5 and Sansa 2. Uh, We do apologize that we went a little bit over our little normal timeline, but eh, you know. It is what it is, right? They were two good chapters, and I think they went well together. I think well they went together. very well together. So. so, as always, let us know your inductees, either for these two or the next chapters. Uh, the next chapters that we will be reading are going to be Ned 7 and Tyrion 4. Uh, not necessarily combined, because the next chapter of Ned is going to be probably another long yeah, one, yo, actually. Yeah, that has got a lot it's of a very pages long in chapter. It, so it's unlikely that that will be combined. But, um, yeah, let us know your inductees for those, yeah, or even these chapters. All over the place. Twitter, at Manners Without. Instagram is what Brotherhood without at Brotherhood without yeah uh, our Gmail is without manners Brotherhood gmail.com we are on iTunes Spotify Stitcher Breaker Castbox you name it rate and review whatever you can do and yeah like subscribe rate review whatever those words do or mean you know and I think there was something else oh our Patreon we've got our Mercy chapter up there go check it out. It's patreon.com slash manners without or yeah. 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 Without manners. I, I don't I forget which one exactly. But one of those. Brotherhood Without Manners on Patreon. We're there. Check it out. We appreciate it and we look forward to hearing from you guys. So until next time. We'll see you for Ned Seven. Bella Margulis. Doheris. Ah oh, shit. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>